Welcome to the podcast, Ryan Hansen. Hey, thank you for having me here, Clyde. Uh, I know that you have a lot of stuff going on, and I appreciate the opportunity that, uh, you know, come out here and talk. Use up your time. Time is valuable. I get that. So time is valuable. Time is valuable. But I appreciate what's going on, man. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. This uh, this whole and you're the last one. So everybody watching this, Brian is the last person on the political series that I've agreed this, to. Th- yeah. Tell me about Ryan Hansen. Where are you from? Why are you in van? Because oh, this man. is a story I really want to know. And that's why we're doing this podcast, because nobody really knows any of these people that's running for election. No, that's true. And it actually came up in uh, one of our online uh, Zoom meetings. Uh, Pat Hargraves, she's like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? And why are you even here? I mean, Hanson is a good English name, right? Uh, I don't really know what my background is. I mean, you're fortunate. You know who you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. We even did G- DNA. Yeah. So I I am uh, Scottish. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, somewhat Scottish. My dad, my dad's family is the one that has kind of a hard time figuring out what their background is. Yeah, my mom's family straight up uh, German. Okay, she's a Weingart. Is that where the Hansen come from? Uh, the Hansen came from my dad's side. Well, I get that, but I mean, where you said you didn't know, so what what is Hansen? Well, they assume it's Scottish, and because as far as they can trace it back, that's what it is. Have you of. ever have you ever wore a kilt? You know, I very even very seldomly even wear shorts, so the well, kilt would be a stretch. No, I don't feel the Scottish Scottish blood running through my veins. You don't? No. Well, one day you got to come over here and try some of this historical ancestral mead that I make, and uh, you might feel the the Scotsman running through you because you would be surprised what I would do if I had some <laughs> of that in me. I mean, probably. We go to the Scots Fest every year. That's the that's the apex of my family is the Scottish Fest in Tyler, and it is wonderful. It sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, I would like to figure out more of my background. But I mean, that's not that's not where I where I come from. Where I okay. come from is, uh, I mean, I don't want I don't. We'll just we'll just start the controversy right now. Uh, <laughs> I was born in Canada. <laughs> that is a controversy. Yeah, I mean you're. But socialist is it, socialist society is it as a socialist do they have a texas in canada uh so alberta is the texas of is that where you're from yeah, yeah. southern alberta southern and, alberta and it's not socialist at all okay now they have some things going on this whole trucker convoy deal that hey. whole thing that whole thing originated in alberta well most texas especially everybody i know of was supporting that i'm yeah. telling you so there's a thing called and i'm i'm going to give them a plug it's called the alberta statehood party mm-hmm and they are all about defecting from Canada to the states. And the GDP, just so people know, of Alberta is more than Texas, to put it in well, perspective. That's big, because Texas has a huge GDP. If Texas was a country, it would be number three. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying Alberta is number two? Yes. Yeah. With Seriously? All their, with all their oil? Yeah, no, and if and Alberta is the most similar thing to Texas as far as the people and what you, I mean, they have the get it done. Let's let's do it. Do y'all wear cowboy hats up there? Yes, man. We might have you know we might have to start some foreign exchange students to Canada. Uh, they would put them to work. <laughs> I like it. If you if you come to Canada, be ready to work. And that hey, that's definitely a Texan thing. Yeah. So I was born there uh, on a ranch. Um, a cattle ranch? Uh, 
Yeah, cattle, horses, my whole family, uh, they either, you know, were in cattle. Where where I was at was a cattle ranch, but all my dad's brothers were cutting horse trainers or horse trainers mm-hmm. of some sort. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, the ranch that I lived on is, you know, really big in the mountains. And so they would send, you know, prospect horses and whatnot for me yeah. to work on. So we always had like kind of a fresh remuda of horses, or at least I did. And that was my upbringing. Um, I didn't have all the uh, traditional schooling mm-hmm. that kids nowadays yeah. have. My dad was, he had a photographic memory, which. That's unique. Well, it was very unique and it was proven and it was, uh, it was kind of a hard thing to live up to because obviously I could not ever live up to that. So. Not unless you got one. No. So I never ended up getting up to that realm. And um, I mean, to make a long story short, maybe I wasn't really cut out to be a rancher. Maybe <laughs> I wasn't really cut out to, you know, thaw waters out all winter and, you know, live in the snow for 10 months out of the year. Yeah. So at the very first chance I got, which was when my, my father passed away in 2001, kind of prematurely, but uh, yeah, I put some stuff out. There was a lawsuit going on with the family. Everybody was suing everybody and, mm-hmm. you know, they had to, everybody had to get their piece of everything. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. So I went to my grandmother and I was like, grandma, I don't want no part of this lawsuit. Can I get $2,000? I think I'll go to Texas. And she did. She's like, what are you going to do down there? And I was like, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, horses. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I had a C Commodore 64 computer and. Oh, now you're talking my language. Yeah. This is back in the good old days. Now we're going to talk some geeky stuff. Yeah, so. I was going to ask you when this was. What uh, year? Would have been 2001. You had a Commodore 64 in 2001? Hey, I was behind the times, man. Definitely behind the times. Yeah. Well, do you still have that? I do. I got 50 bucks. Uh, I think it's probably worth more than that. <laughs> Anyways, I figured out how to rig it up. Uh, my dad got me a bunch of books and you know stuff. To make a long story short, I was able to rig it up and I was able to get onto the internet. Yeah. And I send out resumes to like random resumes that were uh, pretty false. Um, <laughs> he said pretty false. Yeah. How old, maybe embellished. How old were you at that time? Uh, 25, 26. 25, I don't know. I, don't quote me on any of this. I'm not, I'm not going to do the math in my head. But yeah. 25, anyways, I, I send out a bunch of stuff and a guy in Dallas, Texas actually picked it up. And he's like, hey, I'll fly you down here and we'll figure out if, if it'll work. And he was a seismic guy. Okay. So I was like, Familiar. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And so I ended up in Dallas. I think I think he figured out that I had overstated my abilities when I couldn't figure out how to rent a car at yeah. DFW and figure out how to get to Rowlett. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think at that point he's like, eh, maybe, maybe he don't know. But you were here. I was here, so he came down and got me. You know, luckily, it's yeah. kind, of, kind of a mess when he showed up. I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to get to the rental car. Did you speak English? I spoke Canadian. <laughs> Canadian, yeah, Canadian, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. what is it? Yay, yeah. So, yeah, we got there, and it was kind of a weird conversation. Uh, we're driving back to Rowlett, and the George Bush, George Bush Turnpike was just, mm-hmm. just being done or it was you know yeah there wasn't hardly anybody on it and he started asking me all these questions about like small motors and 
welding, equipment. And I was like, I had all the answers. Good. And I was like, you know, I can sit here and tell you, but just get me back to the shop. I'll, I'll show you. Okay. Because I lived in the middle of nowhere. If there's one thing I can figure out how to do, I can figure out how to do whatever it is you need to have done. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward, uh, ended up being like very quickly in charge of all the uh, out-of-state field operations. What, uh, kind, what kind of company was this? It was geophysical geochem operations okay and so yeah uh, he had five phds yeah and he kind of took me under his wing and i found out later he's like yeah i kind of assumed that you probably didn't really know (laughs) as much as what you thought you knew yeah but you're from a ranch and because of that you're a blank slate and i knew that you knew how to work and you seemed kind of you were smart enough that you could get your resume to me yeah i would just figure out the rest as Texas boys know how to spot somebody. Yeah. So he was the most brilliant man that I've ever met in my entire life. We're still friends today. No kidding. Oh, dude. So before we're done, I'm working on microprocessors doing automation in a lab. Oh, yeah. This is after traveling all over the country and everywhere else. For how many years? Uh, six, seven, eight years. Oh, no kidding. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was my homeschooling condensed into. You know, however many years that was, it, yeah. it was amazing. So you got the job, you progressed on, and then what happened? Uh, I kind of got to where it, you know, it wasn't a real big company, and I kind of got to a point where I didn't see that I could progress on anymore. I'd build all this equipment, uh, geophysical equipment, mm-hmm. designed it, and the the good doctor, his theory was if you can't. If, if it doesn't work on paper, then it won't work in reality. Okay. And by paper, we meant like uh, CAD. CAD, CAD. Yeah. So I, I learned you. I learned CAD. And yeah. SolidWorks and everything else. Yes. I gotcha. So we built some crazy geophysical equipment. And this guy had worked for, he was he was a big guy at Halliburton. I don't want to throw his name out. Sam, but, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. But uh, yeah, he was, he was a really big man at Halliburton. I got gotcha. you. And he took half of Halliburton with him when he started his own. Oh, no kidding. Deal. That's good. And so, yeah, we, we built all this equipment. We did this, we did that. And, uh, there was no place for me to go. It was small unless I bought the company or unless I did something with it. I mean, I was at a point and we had a long discussion. I was like, Hey, doctor, um, I mean, I love this. You've enabled me to do all these things. Yeah. And at this point, I've got a child. Uh, Bradley was born. Okay. And I've been traveling, like, I mean, traveling, traveling. And he's like, well, you know, you need to do what you need to do. Yeah. And so, so I left. I went out on my own. And I was a contractor. As a contractor. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip through this stuff real fast because it well, has nothing let's, to do Let's with back election. up real quick. Where, where did you meet your wife? I met her like any good man meets a good woman in a bar. <laughs> Southern Junction. Southern Junction. Yeah. Okay. I had come home from uh, the Middle East. Yeah. We were on a project over mm-hmm. there. And I was living with this other guy in Heath, like staying with him. I didn't live anywhere because I was traveling. So yeah. Much. And we went out one night and yeah, I'm, I met the most beautiful woman in the world. Been there. Yeah. And I was like, I knew as soon as, soon as I seen her, but I'll be honest with you. She had a friend, and I was like, I don't know which one I like more. Oh, man. 
Yeah. So I give them both my business card because I had to leave. <laughs> I give them my business card and I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone then. Yeah. They called the office at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's what one girls of them do. did. One of them did. That's what girls do. Yeah. So the good doctor, the same doctor. Yeah. He got that phone call and he's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going on here, but this girl called and I was like, which one was it? <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. So, he took messages for you at three o'clock in the morning. Now, that's a good boss. Dude, this man is salt of the earth. Dude, he, I got uh, a call today. Some Somehow, a woman called me going. She just she called me and says, hey, look, I didn't get my tater tots. And I'm like, uh, ma'am, maybe you got the wrong number. She goes, no, I just went through uh, Sonic in Lindale. And I you didn't. Should, get, you should have said, what can I do to help you? I did. I said, and she said, I did not get my tater tots. Uh, I don't have time to go back. I'm going to the doctor. And I'm like, okay, well, ma'am, uh, I'm not associated with Sonic. Uh, what Sonic was it? She said, Lindell. And I said, well, I apologize. I hope your doctor's appointment goes well. But how did you get my number? And she said, on the bottom, there's a guy's name, the manager of Sonic, and his number. But his number doesn't work. But for some reason, my phone number, and she repeated it to me, was on the bottom of that Sonic deal. Now, normal people would have been like, Hey, ma'am, wrong person hung up or everything else. But the lady was going to a doctor's appointment. She didn't get her tater tots. So I spent the time to say, hey, look, I'm sorry for that. I hope you have a good doctor's appointment, et cetera. But it was weird as shit. And, of course, everybody that I know that I've told this story to today has all went to Sonic today in Lindale to see if my number's on the bottom of the receipt. As far as I'm concerned, as long as it was... As, as that number was on the container and not in the bathroom. Well, I mean, we're, we're good. This one time in Carthage. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> so you, you were working for this guy and yeah, he, he seemed like a mentor. Uh, for what you're telling he me, he so, was a very good mentor. So my dad passed away and honestly, I mean, my dad was really good at a lot of things. He was really good at math and he was really good at like kind of being angry and he's really good at reading cows. And okay. he was really good with horses too. Yeah. But, that that's where the extent of my childhood kind of ended. So. How many ranchers do you know? You know a lot. Not down here. Well, in the in the world, uh, I know a lot. How right? many of those ranchers are not angry old men? None of them. That's right. <laughs> Every damn rancher I know is an angry old man, and and I get it because I've dealt with quite a few of them, and and I was raised similar to you, and uh, yeah, it's it's when you're having to put your life on the line of whether. A herd makes it or gets a, a disease or gets the wrong kind of grass or set her all. It, they're all angry. So the ranch had a feedlot. Yeah. And when I was 16, I think I got put in charge of the feedlot, which was about 30 miles away. Yeah. In Hill Spring, Alberta. Uh, and I killed, I don't know how many cattle I killed right off the get go. We we're trying to figure out the alfalfa and the grain mixture. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was like mass bloat. It, it was bad. I remember my dad, he came down and his health wasn't real good towards yeah. the end of his life, but he, he came down there one day and he's like, I don't think you can kill them all. <laughs> and I was like, dad, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, give me another day. Maybe. Well, let me ask you this because you're talking about that. Have you seen this uh, show Yellowstone? Yes. You have. Okay. So yes. let me ask you this. So Yellowstone is. Go, go ahead and ask. Okay. No, no, you say what you're going to say, because yeah. mine's not related. To so that. Yellowstone, I think, was partially based on our ranch. Really? Yeah. Okay. And they're very close together. 
Alberta and uh, Montana? Well, where Yellowstone was actually filmed at is in Darby, Montana. Okay. And, I mean, I haven't been right to where that ranch is, but the whole premise and the having to fight for your ranch yeah. deal. Yeah. That's no. what that's what struck a chord. That's why that show is so popular is because people understand it. Well, but what I was going to get at is my question for you. You live, raised and lived on a ranch. Mm-hmm. You ever rodeo? Oh, absolutely. I've got pins in both my arms from a saddle bronc riding accident. Oh, which I'm not I, you proud know about. what? I'm, I'm liking you more because when I was young, I saddle bronc. I didn't bull ride. Well, too. there's an advantage that you have. Is, you're you're strong and probably somewhat athletic. Well, I was neither. I was back then. I'm not now. Well, I was neither. I sat in a truck then. way too much. I was tall and kind of weak. <laughs> and a tall, weak saddle bronc rider. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, as long as you hold it. I'll tell you what, I made some uh I made some impressive showy rides because I looked like a rubber band up on top of that horse. Yeah. But at some point in uh, Three Forks, Montana, I drew a numbered horse and I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. And I was I made a good ride for like the first five seconds. Oh yeah. And then that horse tucked its front legs up and when she did, uh my saddle cinch, everything broke. And it, oh shit! Been there. I did a lawn dart into the arena, and I, I remember I got up and I was, I, I was sitting in the saddle. Yeah, my saddle was off the horse, <laughs> on the ground, on yeah. the ground. And my, I looked at my arms, and my arms were all twisted up into oh, an S shape. And the somebody came out, and they're like, "You okay?" And I was like, "I'm fine." How old were you? Oh man, I was working. So my family has the. Uh, other part of my family branched in Montana. So when I wasn't on the home ranch in Alberta, mm-hmm. as in went at Montana on the other ranch. Yeah. I think I was like maybe now 22, 23. So uh, have you been a dual citizen all your life? Or are you strictly yeah. American? Since I was 14. Yeah. Uh, I drove myself illegally to the border. Illegally? Guess, <laughs> illegally. Yeah. I didn't have a driver's license. I yeah. just drove. I did that when I, I went to Coots, Alberta, where the trucker's convoy was yeah. and got illegally illegally there and then uh, the guy that swore me in officer larry linnell was like did you drive here and i was like yes and he's on the montana side and i drove from the canadian side yeah i didn't drive from the montana side luckily he's like well we can't do nothing about that because you came from the canadian side and i was like good because i just need to get sworn in and i've got to get back to work <laughs> i mean we're wasting time you know you say you don't you don't have a fo- photographic memory but you just remember a man's name that made you an american citizen what 20 years ago it's a it that's something that will never leave your your mind if if you come from a place where you're not around people all the time yeah and then you go to an official ceremony and there's people standing around yeah no i remember it just like it was yesterday okay all right yeah we we we're, susan mcdonald was the woman that made me sign the paper man that's pretty good yeah that, that memory's cracking you still got it well it's not photographic though yeah, you got something to live up to. I get it. So, you met your wife. Yep. You started your own consulting company. No, it was a construction company. Construction company. What kind of construction? A failing one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did. It didn't work out like I thought. It would. <laughs> was it rebar? Was it no concrete? What was it? No, I met up. I met up with Brooks Grimels. He's the guy that I know. That yes, I do know that man. Yeah. So. It's a it's a kind of a long story. Steve Stamps was Brooks Grimmel's right hand man. Okay, and I became very good friends with Steve Stamps. 
All right. Which most people would never put that together unless they knew me or Steve Stance. I don't know Steve Stance. He's crazy. Oh. He's he's one of the very best people that I know and will do anything for anybody. I get it. So anyways, we got to be friends and Steve introduced me to Light Seam Brooks. Uh crazy man driving some Oh, I like the shit out of him. Yeah, driving some coupe with a bunch of old dogs in the back or whatever. And Ben Wheeler was nothing. Like I mean, he had just come to town. And hired Steve, and Steve's like, "Hey, you need to meet this guy." Talking so, about you, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so I did, and it was the most amazing five years. Like I, I've done a lot of different things. But yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. All right, explain this to me because I don't know the story. So Brooks Grimmels bought up all of Ben Wheeler. Yes, and he hired a bunch of different people to do things, and Brooks was uh, eccentric. Oh, very eccentric. I don't even know if that's the right word. <laughs> it's another layer of eccentricism. Yeah, but there were certain people that, I mean, he could just, you know, you could kind of get along with them. Yeah, you get that vibe. I yeah. get it. Yeah, and so I wouldn't say he took me under his wing, but uh, but he did. Yeah. He, he had me manage all of his uh, rental properties. Okay. And so I had to do kind of like what you did. I had to get a bunch of equipment. I had to get everything. Like, you can't do it. You know, hillbilly style. You can't no. just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this and write it on a piece of paper." Yeah, yeah give him a cocktail napkin with this is what happened over here. Correct. So we had to get all the infrastructure put together, uh, form an LLC, mm-hmm. and get it done. And we did. So is that when you moved to East Texas? No, I, I Sheila and I had already been together. Okay, I was working for for this other company. So is, is Sheila from here? No, she's from uh, Lake Levon. Okay. But her dad, her whole family had moved to Ben Wheeler like earlier. So where did you originally move to when you moved here? Ben Wheeler. Ben Wheeler. Okay. Yeah. And you were part of the, what? what is it called? The uh, Ben Wheeler Development Foundation or something like that? Yeah. BWDC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't part of that per se. I was a contractor. I was a 1099 employee. Yeah. I gotcha. But so, uh, like the Forge. Most people don't know this, and if you if if you cuss about those booths in the forge being too tall, just know that we had to build it to Brooks specs. But those booths and everything that was built in the forge was done in three days, and there was five contractor teams that did that, and I was the guy that, that was in charge of that. The forge is one of my favorite places to eat. And if I, you if you sit in one of them booths, they're tall. Yeah, that's what that's Brooks Why? wanted. I have no idea. So was John Wayne supposed to come sit down or something? Well, so it was good for me. Yeah, because like, you're tall. Yeah. So when we're going over the measurements and everything, uh, Brooks was like, I want, I don't need my feet to touch because I'm short. And I'm like, well, okay, so I can flat foot. And he's like, well, I want my feet to be, you know, up off the ground. Huh. And I was, I was like, well, so this is standard size. And we actually had a printout of what standard size booth is. And yeah. Was like, no, no, it needs to be taller. Huh. It needs to be taller than that. So those booths ended up being three inches taller than it. That's that's pretty cool information. I mean, I, and we, every booth is different. That, and every yeah. contractor built a different booth. Like Seriously, did the covering? Yeah, huh. it looks good. I can tell you that. Well, they're still there. Yeah, and and I still go there. Which we'll get to that situation in a minute because I got some conversation about that. All right. Um. 
we're, so, we're, we're kind of getting off in the weeds. We're not even talking about anything. Oh, we are. You, you don't feel like we are, but we are. Okay. So you come here and you start in Ben Wheeler. How did you make it to Van? So there was a, this is, this is probably the most interesting time. The contracting didn't work. Uh, when Brooks passed. Yeah. All of that. Kind when did of, Brooks pass? Oh, man, you know, I'm, because I, knew, I knew that you would probably ask that. You didn't pop up on my radar till quite a bit after I knew Brooks passed. No, Brooks passed. And at that point, I mean, bless her heart, his wife was trying to do everything that she could with everything. And I mean, it, it just kind of turned into a, a a deal. And I could see that, you know, maybe maybe things weren't going to work out for me. Even at that time, there's only so much work you can do. I was doing... No other remodels and other outside work. Yeah. I wasn't working exclusively for Brooks. I just did whatever. I got you. I understand. And took care of his properties. Uh, so I ran into Don Gilchrist, mm -hmm. who worked at, or yeah. worked at, owned door controls. Yes, I know him. And we had an interesting conversation. He's like, man, if you, if you ever feel like you might want to come do something over here, let me know. Okay. And so, uh, you know, the next day, like maybe even that night, kind of like when Sheila called me at, three o'clock in the morning <laughs> i was like you know i don't want to seem too eager yeah but i would probably like to come do something for door controls and he's like okay come here you know this time and we'll do a, we'll have a formal interview so i think it was like a couple days later man i got all dressed up i put on a suit and tie yeah showed up sat in the office and uh secretary's like oh no he's too busy I was like, what do you mean he's too busy? He told me he could, you know, he's going to do the interview. He's like, you don't understand what goes on with Don Gilchrist. Yeah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to take a number and, you know, come back later. I was like, well, when later? I was looking back on it. I was probably a little bit, you know, a little bit out of hand about the whole thing. Yeah. But I did that. I came back, I think, a couple of days later. And Don's like, I have the most perfect position for you. Really? Yeah. So. I had sent a resume. Yeah. He, he's somebody said, send a resume to some woman who is now Don's wife. Okay. But I sent this resume and it was a very interesting resume. It outlined everything that we've been talking about up okay. until this time, which went from being a rancher to messing with microprocessors. Yeah. And, uh, Don's like, I need you to visit with this woman about, you know, doing something called top door alarm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So, we had an interview and it was the most, it was the most bizarre, strange interview <laughs> in the world. Like they, she asked me questions that I was like, yeah, no, no comment. I don't, you know, I can do this. I'm not, I'm not going to over exaggerate. So yeah. I can see where we're going with this. So yeah, I can, you know, I'll do whatever I need to do. And fast forward, I got, she's like, how much do you want to be paid? I wrote it down on a piece of paper and slid it over to her. Yeah. She, wrote down some another number and slid it back to me is more than what I wanted to be paid. And I was like, I'm your man. Okay. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was Sandy golden. Okay. The most amazing, uh, five years ever of my entire work life was working for dark. Oh, no kidding. Oh, absolutely. I got family that worked there. Well, as it turned out, I, I ended up working directly straight for Don. Mm -hmm. through top door alarm so i traveled all over the country all over the world yeah well country i didn't i guess we left once in a while but it was uh 
me and another guy broke travel records on Southwest flying to these. No kidding. Door Control is a big employer in East Texas. Uh, they're number one in Van Zandt County. Or they Definitely. Were. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Don Gilchrist, bar none, the best person I've ever worked for in my entire no life. No kidding. That's saying a lot. Well, next next to the to the professor. All I don't right, know. I've doctor. been I've been blessed. Yeah, I get, it, I get, definitely. I can see it. I get to work for a lot of good people. I, I can see that. You, you. I guess you got the vibe for about you. No, I don't know. So you went to work over there. Did you move to Van at that point or what? So my wife had a salon in Ben Wheeler, and the salon caught fire uh, one of the Christmases. And it, I was still, I was still there, but I was traveling. I was out of, yeah. out of state, and I got home like that day, and her salon caught fire. And she, she did a little bit of, you know, bad deal. The salon caught fire. Yeah. So now we don't have, she doesn't have any place to work. And, uh, yeah, so she did a bunch of looking around and the only place she could find was here in Van. Okay. Yeah. And we, we didn't move here because we wanted to, we moved here because we had to. Well, that, that hurts my feelings. Well, that we didn't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't know at that time. That was, that was 2014. And even I told Sheila, I was like, ah, I yeah. don't know about all that. And we'll get into we'll get into Ben Wheeler versus Van in a little bit because I got some questions about that. Cause I, I, I just went I went over there recently and uh I, I definitely got some questions about that. All right. So you y'all moved to Van and you actually picked a house that I've been looking at for years because your house is not like regular houses. It's no, not it's crazy. Well, it's it's not on a street. You you are tucked back inside. And and I always said if I've won the lottery. Your location would be the type of place that I'd build a castle. So this will this will play into our later conversation. The people that own that house, the wife happened to be a client of Sheila's. Okay. And she's when we had to move the salon at the same time, this client said, Hey, we have this place we haven't been at for like eight years. Yeah. We might sell it. And as as it turned out, they they did. And they were very fair on everything. It was kind of crazy. The place was abandoned. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, no, they hadn't been in it for years. So you you bought the place, moved to Van. Mm-hmm. And at this point, what are you doing in your life as, as an occupation? St- still at Door Controls. Okay. And doing what I was doing at Door Controls, I was gone for over the first, at some point, we're gone for 230 days. Oh, yeah, gone. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, you work crazier than I do. Well, I'm one of the few people, I think, that could catch like four plane flights and rent four cars in one day. Man. And go from Florida to Seattle and all the stops in between. In a day? In a day. In a oh, day. Damn. We did a thing called site surveys. Yeah. Was, uh, this top door alarm thing. But anyways, yeah, I was, I was still doing that. So I was traveling all the time. Okay. Uh, when we moved here, her salon, you know, it burned down and we only had a certain amount of time to put it all together. Yeah. And it was Christmas Eve and I rallied up two of the girls' husbands that worked there came and helped. We rented, uh, a space that's actually, uh, Van Family Medical. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you go back three owners that, that used to be styling time. Okay. Or not owners, but renters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Christmas Eve, we went in, put in, gutted it, put in new flooring, did all this stuff, and we had it going. We worked on it Christmas Day. It was ready day after Christmas, and all the girls came to work. Okay. 
So all the girls that are at Salon May mm-hmm. are not all of them. I mean, they've hired new people, but Salon May split off of styling time. Yeah, I gotcha. Not too long after that. All, all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so y'all bought the place and then you started. So what are you, what are you doing at this point in your life? What, what's your occupation? You still got a business? No, I don't really have a business. Uh, I make sure that my wife works. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I no, need, I need that gig. No, I work, uh, I work for a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically anything. I do a lot of automation stuff. Like today we're working on a giant Kuka robot. Okay. Uh, right up your alley. Yeah, definitely up my alley. Yeah. So you're talking about PLC work? Oh, well, no, not on the robot. Okay. Uh, PLC work would have been when I was with door controls. Yeah. But now this is all automation stuff. Uh, welding, like this Kuka robot does laser welding, fiber laser welding. Yeah. And business management. Um, if the business is broken, if there's something wrong with it, if there's something going on. So you seem to be pretty ERP enterprise resource planning. Okay. So businesses that run off of spreadsheets, there comes a time when you cannot run off of a spreadsheet. You're right. Your sales needs CRM. Yep. You need to ramp it up to the next level. So enter enterprise resource planning. And that's, that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, you seem to be doing pretty good for yourself. It's my wife. Yeah. Well, is your wife opening a business downtown? She is. She is. As a matter of fact. Is she? Is she the one that actually owns the business? It is her business, uh, Three Knock Speakeasy. Yeah. It will be coming, and we keep saying it's coming soon, but oh my. I'm very excited. Well, there's stuff going on all the time. So there's a bit of a concrete issue happening right now but if we can get that straightened out we're, we'll be back on track i am very excited because when uh bill holum had his little soup casa here yeah i did not like his tacos but i ordered a bunch of them because i liked a, a business in van that i could go have a meal and have a drink so uh one of my one of my big things that's on my platform and something that i'm passionate about is business representation in the city yeah and it's very important, number one, that people support local businesses. Oh, yeah. And number two, if you don't like that local business, tell the local business. Yeah. Don't don't put it out there to the public. Yeah. You go to that local business and tell them what you don't like about it. Yeah. And give them a chance to fix what's going on with that business. I spent $1,200, I think, today on, with a local business. Really? And uh, that, that that's something we believe in in this house. And I just heard there was a new barbershop opened up that's really close to me because I got seven boys. I got four in the house. So, and all of them are old enough that I can tell them, get on your bike, go get your own damn haircut. Here's the money. And so the closer they, the barbershops are to me, the closer that makes me happy. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, uh, anybody will tell you, that, uh, you know, I'm a huge proponent of support local. Uh, I will head this off. There was a there was a comment about our concrete. Um, somebody made a comment that uh, we didn't because we didn't we didn't use somebody from here in downtown Van to do our concrete work or to do to be our general contractor. Yeah, we used uh, jail concrete who live literally on the outskirts of Van. Okay, but their kids and everybody else come here to Van. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the reason the reason that we didn't use anybody here in Van is because. It's a, it was an extremely complicated pour. 
And I guess we could have we could have gone out and done bids and. Done so when you and, first bought that place, when I looked at it and I heard because I I have a friend of mine that I guess was talking to you when you were first planning this out, and he was telling me about it like three years ago, and I'm like, there is no fucking way that's going to be a a bar a, a a place like that you can have a drink and get eat something. It's too damn small, and he's like, yeah, yeah, this is what the guy's doing, and I'm like, eh, I don't buy it. And then I saw your uh, blueprints. You posted them online. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, I was super excited. The only the only thing that I am suggesting, only thing I'm suggesting is that you find, because one thing that I really liked about Bill Holden's place is he had bands in there. The one thing I like about, um, well, there's a lot of things I like about the Forge, but I don't know where we're going to find them at because people are not learning music like they used to. But man, if you're gonna call it speakeasy, you gotta have some blues singers in there. You gotta have somebody at least that tries to act like these BB King. Oh no, dude! Uh, when you come in there, it'll be it'll be a speakeasy thing. Yeah. Uh, there won't be any of this blue jean, like me looking like I always look. Yeah. Whoever whoever's in there, it's gonna be a 1920s theme, and the music, whatever's going on with the ambient music, will be that, and we'll. We will get whatever live entertainment we can. Just know that to get live blues, yeah, very difficult. Well, we, we've already sell we've tickets. Already researched. Sell tickets because so, some of us are willing to pay to yes. go experience that. Well, on the weekends, it'll definitely be by reservation only because obviously it still isn't the hugest place in the world. It's not, but we will have a chef that we believe is probably coming from Dallas. We don't. There's still some stuff to go on that. I, but I know some people. I, I actually sous chef my way through college. Well, we know some people. Uh, just so the masses know, because people are kind of anticipating that I might be doing barbecue. That's not the case. Yeah. Um, I might maybe once in a while, but no, it's going to be based off of seasonal. The menu will be different every month. Yeah. It, it's going to be very well, interesting. I've met no one that's not excited for what you're bringing. It's we would be more excited if we get the concrete straightened out and get on with the building part of it. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. I mean, you honestly, you've been in business and you've seen businesses, you have hiccups and this and that, but honestly, I'm excited. As soon as it opens, we're going, I'm, we're booking it. Oh no, absolutely. We'll, we'll have a spot for it. but just know that's uh, that's Sheila's retirement project. That's not mine. That's what that's me and my wife is doing something similar. We want to build a, like a big Viking wedding hall. And only you could probably pull that off. Well, I appreciate that. But that's that's our retirement. We're going to have some Scottish coups and a meadery downstairs. That's our long-term goal. And because I was raised that you don't ever stop working. That, that you, don't, you don't put money in the bank and expect to, you know, just live off that amount of money when you grow old. You, if you, you stop working, you die. Right. My wife's different. Completely different. But this is her actually ideal. And she does very good at wedding venue type things. And this has been her plan for years. And we're actually saved up. We're looking for land right now, this year. And that's our goal. And we want to do it in van. We want to do it in a van area. It, it most likely can't be done in the city of van or hey, in the van area. I'll tell you this. There will be no better place to do it than the van area. Yeah. I promise you that this, this is the place to do anything like that. Van is the best place, the coolest mm -hmm. place. For all of that. Oh, yeah. So why why did you get, you moved to van, your wife started a business. I take it you commute, 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 commute back and forth regularly. 
Uh, a lot of my work that I do right now, I can do from home and I have done. Uh, I do, I mean, I do spend some time here and there. Uh, we've got some other projects and more outdoors. Yeah. It's a, a big project that I'm working on. Is that your barbecue stuff? Yeah, that's not my barbecue stuff. That's not mine. Who's is it? Uh, it's the owner. I don't. I okay. Don't yeah, yeah. It's I, don't, I, don't I thought that was you. I thought that I, I've been watching, paying attention, and I've ate some of it. I mean, I recently went down there. You had a, what was that? Uh, drive for one of the cops. And yeah. uh, we showed up, me and the boys showed up yeah. and, and donated and got some barbecue and brought it back to my wife. It was good. It was definitely good. Yeah. No, it's. And uh, I cook barbecue. I mean, I'm not, I'm not on the level you're on, but. Well, so we don't, we are. You know, honestly, we don't do barbecue. It's the cookers. Yeah. We're, we're trying to sell smokers. I, I have a, obviously, the more, I have an interest. Yeah, I got but you. I, but I don't own the company. Okay. I don't own anything. Yeah, I got you. Oh, you don't own anything at all? Well, I guess my wife does. Yeah. You you own a marriage certificate to your wife, which owns everything. Pretty much. Yeah. No, I, I work for all these people. Yeah, so, I'm with you. Hey, I'm definitely so, with you. But I, but I work hard for them, and as because of that, maybe that's that's why it kind of looks that way. But yeah, and and that's how it looks, honestly. I mean, you, you seem like you're a mover and shaker, definitely with the the things that you're showing that you're involved in, say the barbecue, uh, the speakeasy. Uh, I mean, everybody knows she longs the barber the beauty salon because I, I I don't know what your hair is under there, but I don't think you've got it going on. It's uh. It's not this bald, but bald men are, sec- are sexy. So, so I've been told. <laughs> well, that's why what, what I'm going for most time. That's what so, I'm going for all the time. When you moved to Van, when did you join the city council? Uh, two years ago. And oh, you you joined just two years ago? Yep. I, I'm just finishing up my first term. I did not know that. Yeah. So, so there, did you get involved with city government at all when you first moved here? Uh, not, not so much. Uh. What what happened is four years ago, uh, my boys, you know, they're like, "Hey, we need to do something. We want to, you know, you know, do something, yeah. make some money, yeah. blah blah blah." And I was like, "Absolutely, yeah. let's let's figure out what to do." So they're, you know, we kind of sat around, we did a little brainstorming, and figured out what we could all do together. And you know, I'm a I weld, yeah, I like to weld. I can build. I can I've seen your greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, I can build anything. And so I was like, this would be a prime opportunity to teach the boys how to build something. So we're like, let's do flower planting. Let's start yeah. a company. We're not too far removed from you and the Hayes clan. I've seen that. Yeah. No, yeah. we're very similar. I was paying attention. I was yeah. definitely paying attention. We're both kind of doing the same thing yeah. at the same time. Anyways, I was like, so we'll go ahead and do this. So I made the boys design the flower planters, mm-hmm. you know, get them all lined up. Went up to Hilliards to go get our first batch of materials to make the the prototype and there is a guy i'm not gonna tell you who it is i know who it is now yeah but we're you know checking out and we're we're excited the boys are excited they're, they're like hey we're gonna make these we're gonna sell them and he's like you ain't gonna sell those here you won't huh. sell you will not be able to run your business in this town this town will not support your business they won't support you they don't know who you are they don't know this they don't know that and i was like man well i was like well it's kind of like a downer yeah definitely yeah, maybe we should just try it. And he's like, you can try whatever you want. Unless you change the town, you're not going to be able to do anything. And I don't I like, see that in van. Well, I was like, hey, challenge on. Yeah, definitely. And so it was. At that very moment, I came home. I, I was angry. I'm I sure. Came, I came home. I told Sheila, I was like, hey, this is what I was told. And Sheila's like, well, 
I don't know if people are going to like you very much. And I was like, I don't <laughs> care if they like me or not. People are not going to like you very much. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I immediately started getting involved. I had known a guy named Sean Sager a little bit. Yeah, I've heard his name. I've never met him. Uh, he's he's an interesting guy. We're completely opposite. Yeah. He's probably, probably my biggest devil's advocate. Oh, okay. But we have been talking about having Mark Chestnut come play in my backyard. Okay. We're going to do like a big old concert. You know Mark Chestnut? I don't know him personally, but I know I know how to get him to come play in my backyard. Okay, because I had a band in my front yard, and the cops got called on me. Well, so I've got... Don't get me wrong. I didn't call anybody. Well, so. <laughs> I've got a really big yard. Yeah. So we could have got away with it. And uh, anyways, we're kind of planning this, and we're, we're getting it set up. And then somebody from the city said, hey, we're... And this is Amanda Davis. Yeah, I know Amanda. Yeah, she's she said... Hey, we're, we're, we kind of want to do this other thing. And I don't know if you having a private concert in your yard is going to be beneficial to what we're trying to work on with the city. This was the thing you did downtown, right? Yes. Vandy Gras. That was, that was one of the first times that I really met you, met you. I mean, my kid, uh, you coached one of my kids baseball. Yes. But that time was when I met you and there was a change, not of you, but a van. Van changed at that very moment. That and I will completely agree with you on that. And and it was for four reasons. To me. To me, it was for four reasons. One, Van was finally doing something that was not the same thing that they always did, which was trick-or-treating or even I mean firecrackers just come back, but Fourth of July. It was something to bring people out and get them to congregate together. Two you brought entertainment to Van. Van's never had entertainment. Three, you turned around and showed that we can do something. Because I went down there. I had a couple beers. We can do something, and it could not go bad. It did not go bad. The whole time I was down there, and everything I heard about it didn't go bad. And then four, to me, as an adult in Van, Texas, you showed that we can have alcohol on the street with police officers there and everybody acting right and normal. That was a change to me. It was the most responsible uh, group of people. And it was a huge group. It wasn't like a small oh, yeah. group. It was a huge oh, yeah, group. It was. And we were so proud at the end of that deal. Yeah. And the people, I still, I still get messages even, well, not, not here for the last little while, but people are like, when are, when do we do that again? I, I, I have the same question because I'm going to be honest with you. I, I appreciate everything you did there. And I try to do something when we come well, off. So I didn't, I didn't do it on my own. Well, of course not. Who I was involved. Uh, Sean Sager was involved. Okay. Amanda Davis was involved. Yeah. Uh, Charles Ryan was okay. involved. Yeah. Uh, Arnie I actually Burns. saw, Arnie I saw, Burns was involved. I saw Charles and, uh, Tiffany there. Uh, we were picking on each other when we were there. Yeah, but, no, there was there was a there was a whole group of people that was involved. That's not something I can pull off on my own. Oh no, no, it's definitely not. And I tried. So after the COVID deal, the first week we got off COVID lockdown, when the city council said, you know, we're free, I decided I was gonna throw a party. And I invited all my old field buddies and I had a buddy that's got a band. And I thought, hey, you wanna come play? You know, we're gonna, you know, I built some cornhole boards and he showed up. With his band, and I should have known because like all these electronics in here, this is oil field money. Okay. 
He's an old field band. This dude shows up in a U-Haul. Right. With band gear. I'm not talking. I'm thinking one amp and a no. pair of drums. No, he's coming full, full stop. Full stop. All electric guitars, all um, wireless. Everything's wireless. The, the lead guitar is standing out there in the middle of the damn cornhole I'm pretty, board. I'm pretty sure I heard this from my house. They, everyone heard it. I did not expect that. Now, don't get me wrong. I talked to all my neighbors and the cops got called, but it was awesome on the fact that we did it. We did it right here in the, in the driveway. Absolutely. And now don't get me wrong. If, if I do it again, I'm going to get, I'm going to call the city and say, Hey, look, I need a permit or something, uh, et cetera. So the city doesn't have a permit for that. Who does? Nobody. You just just have to use your best judgment. Well, shit. Well, the best judgment (laughs) at that time wasn't very good. The cops did show up, but they were very respectful. The only thing they did was, hey, turn it down a little bit. Right. And the it, it was it was a very fun time. We all had a good time. But it was nowhere near on the level of what you did downtown. Well, so the only reason that what we did downtown appeared to be so good is because the citizens, honestly, were yearning for it. I mean. They're still yearning for it. it they are. It was like the field of dreams. All we had to do was build it. Yeah. And they showed up. The same thing goes with your speakeasy. Well, yeah. So there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into one of my big platform items. Okay. Uh, which is getting the people of Van involved in the city. Oh yeah. And do, do you want to know how we do that? How's that? Through events. Oh yeah. We do it through events. Well, they've started having more events. Like the Fourth of July thing has been a big deal. I, I've I've appreciated the last couple of years we've had it. Uh, I I know we spend quite a bit of money on it, but. It's always been 4th of July. We go to Mineola. We go to Canton to see a fireworks play. When I can walk out in my front yard and throw my drone up in the air or sit in my front yard and see a fireworks display or even go down there. Because we always go down there. We may not stay for the fireworks display because right. we're so close. But we go down there and see all the events and the booths and the people. Y'all have There's there's all kinds of events out there at that park at that same time. There is. And uh, it's it's a huge opportunity for the citizens. But. On the same note, it's it's kind of there's a difference between the Fourth of July and Vandy Gras. Oh yeah, and I haven't really been able to Sean, Sean Sage and I have talked about this. Yeah, you know what's the what's the difference? Because mm-hmm. we drew we drew in a bunch of different people for the Vandy Gras, and I think it's the location. I think it's having it downtown and closing off the streets. Yeah, and, and you know people are allowed to drink beer and allowed yeah. to do this, and you know it. I, I think that that was the difference. Now, I'm not trying to. Was I'm that not, hard to organize? Dude. So any event that gets pulled off and we know this, I mean, this isn't, this isn't my first event. Yeah. Uh, any event that happens successfully is because it was organized properly. And it's not, it's not just sit down with a bunch of people one time and go through it. We probably had, we started meeting four months up until the event. Okay. And we met every week. Every uh, for the last two months, so eight meetings in a row, yeah, to make sure that it was all good, that everything was covered, yeah, and everything was delegated. Certain people, like Charles Ryan, was in charge of the security, yeah. Uh, Jane Burns, Ernie Burns were in charge of this, yeah. Uh, people were in charge of volunteer. Amanda Davis was uh, in charge of volunteers, so it's a monumental task to pull it off. So, who you who originally would did you was going to have in your backyard? Mark Chestnut. So did he show up for this? No, but we're still thinking about doing <laughs> it. 
No, we're not. We're not done with all that. We're, why, why Mark Chestnut? Why not? Yeah, I get it. But I mean, out of all the the, the singers out there, I mean, I, I, I'm. And so Sean and I were just sitting out there one night, and we're you know sitting on chairs, literally in the in the backyard, looking up at the shop in the front yeah. yard. And it's you know you, a lot of people don't know my yard, but it's it's weird. I, I'm on ten acres, and the house is in the middle of it. Yeah. There's no neighbors. There's no nothing. All we see is the shop. And Sean's like, that would sure be a good place to put a bar. And I was like, it would sure be a good place to put a band right next to it. Like Mark Chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> it just come out, huh? Yeah. And Sean's like, and so within literally 30 minutes, we had planned to have this concert. So, you know, if you don't get Mark Chestnut in the van, you, you kind of let everybody down. No, I can get Mark Chestnut in well, the van. I already know, know I can. Well, you're opening a business that has place to play. Well, we we could have Mark Chestnut play at the speakeasy, but I would bet the city of Van would probably crucify me. Why? Uh, I don't know where we would put all the people. Our capacity, <laughs> our capacity in the speakeasy may not well, handle that. In the next in the next five years, you got to get Mark. If you really feel like you can get Mark Chestnut, next here. five years, we're talking like the next five months. Okay, deal. Yeah, no, we're going to get Mark Chestnut to come. Deal. If you can't get Mark Chestnut in van to do a performance, you owe me 50 push-ups. If you do, I owe you 50 push-ups. No, I already know I can get Mark Chestnut to come play. Okay. I want to see it. I'm going to be honest with you. The the van Mardi Gras was was cool. It was, was except we took the whole family down there. So the only thing is to do it, to do it properly to where we can actually handle it and make it work. We'll probably be at our place. Which okay. Conveniently is still here in downtown Van. Yeah. But what yeah. about yeah? Okay, I got you. I would love to have it downtown. We can't have it where we're doing the construction. No, definitely not. No. So you can't have everybody crunching around on your no, drywall it's and not not safe for no nobody. humans. So yeah. no, it's it's a uh, it's something that we've been talking about. So at this point, I mean, we've jumped around in the store, but we, we've gone through my entire life, which is interesting. That's not where I thought this interview would go. I figured that we just jump right into the politics. No, that's not what we're trying to hear. We're trying to get these people in Van, Texas to understand who you are and what you're bringing to oh, the boy. table. Well, you could write a whole story. about. We're doing that from. right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that that when people to me, when I vote, I'm not voting for what you said you're going to do. I'm voting for the man you are. Okay. And what you've shown throughout this is that you're you're willing to jump out there, try new things. You're willing to make sure stuff works, and you're willing to make stuff happen here in Van. Absolutely. Uh, there there was, and we we both just touched on it, but I, I want to go back to it. There was a huge change at Vandy Grove. Yes, I agree. There was an upward spiral. To me, standing outside, not knowing anything about van politics except what I was raised on. And van politics up until, to me, that point, when I grew up in this town, there was two things that always happened. One, we don't have any growth. We don't bring anybody in town. And you don't do anything in this town that's going to get teenagers involved in anything in town. When we run around town, because I used to come to my friend, I lived out in the country. When I come down to town, we run around town all night playing, talking to people and everything else. There was nothing to do. And there's still, in a lot of ways, there's still nothing to do in van. 
but that's changing. It's changing. And that, and I will agree with you hundred percent that Van Mardi Gras was to me, the, the piece that changed that it, it gave me hope. Well, that in, in, in Amanda, Amanda Davis, I felt like has been, cause I've, I felt her present through all that. I went to high school. It was Amanda. Amanda's. It was Amanda's idea for Vandegrift. Was it really? Yeah, no, it was completely I, all Amanda. A Van, uh, Amanda was been the so, one that I see pushing. Yeah. So when we talked about, she called us when she found out, and I didn't know Amanda, but she found out that we we're going to have Mark Chestnut play in our backyard. Yeah. She was already trying to figure out how they were going to do. She did something similar when she found out we were doing paintball. She was trying to incorporate paintball into one of the parks. Well, so she called and she's, and so the, the event didn't even have a name at that point. She just said, I want you to know that before you get Mark Chestnut over there, that the city's trying to do something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, let me know how that works. <laughs> Click. I'm with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't. You don't know Amanda the, for anything. I yeah. didn't, I don't know Amanda. I don't know the city. I'm like, you know, my neighbors don't even know me. I'm like, we're just going to have Mark Chestnut. And whoever wants to show up can just show up. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. So we talked again and she's like, no, for real, you need to listen to what I'm doing. And then as, you know, and only truly uh, Amanda Davis fashion, she's like, maybe you need to help us with this. And I was like, honestly, I, I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. Been there. It's kind of out of my wheelhouse. I mean, I'm good doing my own thing, but I don't really know if I want any part of that. Well, it was right. It was literally right after that when the kids had their little deal. Yeah. At Hilliards. That was the catalyst. So what made you join the council? It was that. Yeah. At that point. That's not what made me join council. At that point, I decided to get involved. And I told Amanda, I was like, hey, we'll do whatever we can. Uh, Paul Bullington left before okay. his term was over. Yeah. And it was suggested that maybe if I stepped in there, I could. Yeah. And I did. I was not elected to city council. I remember that. Yeah. It's been brought up a number of times and I've mentioned it to Charles Ryan and others that if you can be elected by far, get yourself elected. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of explaining to do when you just step into a role like that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I, I remember when that actually happened. Um, cause I was paying attention because of all the stuff that come after, but it it's, from my side, looking at how everything played out, I mean, I I didn't see it that way. I, I saw you showed up on this spectrum that's going on and started bringing change to Van. I did. Uh, I was bringing the change before I got on to city council. Um, we we had already put, I mean, we'd already put Vandy. In fact, Vandy Girl was already over before I got on to city council. Yeah. Vandy Girl was the end of February. I didn't get on to city council until may so is this the first time you're actually running for uh an office yes okay so you've been that was two years ago yep okay that makes sense I, I'm, I'm putting the timeline together in my brain because it feels like a lot longer because it feels like van has progressed a lot dude van in has, two years it's it's been a you know you you can chalk it up however you want you can say it's you know there's good drama and bad drama or this or that Van has, with all of that drama going on, what people didn't see is Van was growing in the background. Yeah, there is, it's definitely growing. Huge. And the whole Vandy, Vandy Grout thing kind of kicked it off. People in Van have a different expectation now. Oh, they, yeah. 
they, they want that. They need it. They want it. They want this. They want that. Uh, city council meetings, when I first started, uh, Victoria Tankersley was there. David Barber with the newspaper. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. I think there was two people that attended city council meetings. Um, you go to a city council meeting now, it's packed up. Which is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. More people are involved. And that's that's something I can say. When I when I grew up in Van, like I told you a minute ago, it, it was this town's not gonna grow. We don't want it to grow. And since then it's changed. And it's changed for a good way because we know it has to grow. And a lot of people correlate that to the tornado. When the tornado hit, we all experienced a have to rebuild situation. Yes. I have to change things. But the, the growth that's been in van is, is on another level. It's, it's we're planning our future and we haven't had that before. Our future's in a way been planned for us. And look, a lot of people in van has a problem with Victoria Tankersley. I'm going to tell you that woman stood up when I went through a hard time in my life. That woman stood up and helped me beyond doubt. And I did not expect it. I expect her to be like the woman that I told everybody had told me she was. And I know those people's had bad experience with Victoria Tankersley, but me personally, Victoria Tankersley, when I was going through a really hard time in my life, stood up and reached out and helped me through something because she said, you know what? You're providing for yourself. And I've uh, since that day, I have nothing bad to say about Victoria Tankersley. No. So Victoria Tankersley, uh, I've known Victoria long before I came to Van. But at the same time, we also started talking about because we, Sheila and I had some other properties that we were renting and we had problems with renters. And we started talking about developing this program, kind of like Angie's List, but for renters and for landlords. Yeah. Where you could put data into a system. And so landlords could see everything about renters and renters could see everything about landlords. Yeah. Feedback. Uh, we're going to call it Junebug. Okay. Uh, there's a guy in Utah after I had done, there's no telling how much time I put into this. This dude in Utah called me and he's like, Hey, look at my stuff on this server. He's, he'd already done it. Yeah. I, I experienced something similar when I did overlay. Yeah. I cried. I did too. I cried and I called Victoria and I was like, Victoria, you don't need me. You don't need, you know, I'm just going to go jump off a cliff. And <laughs> she, she was, a uh, very supportive and i don't think anything ever came of his program but uh I, you know it's just one of those things she was she was extremely supportive of me and this is a long time ago and i'll tell you straight up right now she's probably my biggest supporter right now um as soon as i got involved in the city of van she's been there saying hey you know yeah do this you know that what do you think about this um, she's not guiding, but she she will ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, Vic, and and no one I don't feel like can look at Victoria and see the roots she has in this town she's and not big root. and not think that Victoria Tanksley is doing what I'm just to ask you, which is she's she's looking at her community and asking where we're going, and then that's what I want to ask you. So you, you've moved to Van. Do you yes. plan on do you plan on your kids graduating here? Yep. So. That that's a really interesting point. Uh, there's only been one person that was absolutely adamant about planning. Yeah. Like, what what do I tell my clients or my people when they're trying to move to van? 
what do I tell them about Van's plan? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You tell me. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, I think, I think the city had a master plan, but they didn't act on it or they, you know, had it going. And so as, as it turned out, uh, there, she was hundred percent right. They did hire somebody to do something way back when. Yeah. But nobody carried it on. I recently heard about this. I didn't know that we had our master yeah, plan. Yeah. Mark Thompson is very. What is it called? The comprehensive plan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was never, ever finalized. It was never put into play. And uh, she got with Amanda Davis. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, she got with Amanda Davis. And it coincided with a PNZ meeting where they. What's PNZ? Uh, plant, planning and zoning. Okay. I got you. They were trying to figure out a zoning for a guy that wanted to build a duplex here okay. in Van. Yeah. And to make a long story short, they uh they got landlocked on it. They couldn't they couldn't figure it out. Okay. And it kind of came down to well we have to have you know we have to have guidance, we have to have a master plan, we have to have this. And <sighs> at that point Amanda brought it up via Victoria Tankers and yeah it was set into motion. And I'll tell you what the the van comprehensive plan, this new master plan that's being put into place, it's a it's a game changer and it's it makes van a trendsetter. Yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. This so is, is that online? Is there anywhere we can go and look at it? It is. It's actually on the city's website. And okay. it, there's actually a tab on their main su- main site, uh vantex.gov and V-A-N-T-X.gov and then go to master plan. Okay. Is it thick? Yes. Like how many pages? Like 50, 100, 500? About, about 200 pounds. Oh, no kidding. Dude, it's it's not something so small. I had Mark on this podcast before you, and one of the things he talked to me about was how they built that master plan. And one thing that he did, and this is what I'll talk to you when I mentioned earlier about Ben Wheeler. He told me that they went and they pulled the best out of Mineola, the best out of Lindale, the best out of Grand Saline, the best out of Ben Wheeler. And so that's what we want for our town, because in reality, when you look at all these towns, there's multiple things that's not van in yes. these towns Correct. that make us who we are. And I've been to all those towns and I have friends in all those towns and van's different. I don't know how van's different. I don't know if it's van ISD, if it's the oil and the water or whatever it is in van itself. We're it is different. different. It is different. It's uniquely different. And I just recently went to Ben Wheeler. I've loved Ben Wheeler. Ben Wheeler seems to have a pattern to how they're growing. They well, seem to have a a newness and a, a, a industriousness about how they're growing. And I don't see that in Van yet. Well, because there's not anybody. Ben Wheeler's growth was determined by one person. Yeah. With no input. One person decided how Ben Wheeler would grow. It did. And it did pretty good. Well, yeah. And, but at what cost? So the cost for, to like get that kicked off and to get it going. And there were some failures. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the original shops in Ben Wheeler, Brooks's idea was we'll rent them for a dollar. Yeah. I remember that. I month. do remember that. Yep. Members talk about it one day. Yeah. And the shops will use whatever money they save and do advertising and bring people to Van or to the, Ben Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. It didn't work like that. It sort of worked like that long term. Well, what ended up happening was is Brooks just covered whatever money needed to be covered. And it ended up, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to get into the figures, but it was a, it was a lot of money. 
that got put in. And at the end of the day, guess what happened? Uh, Texas, uh, Texas Monthly yeah. came to Ben Wheeler. I'm not saying they got paid to come to Ben Wheeler, but they yeah. came to Ben Wheeler and they published stories. And, yeah, and the rest is history. I mean, people drive from all over to come to Ben Wheeler. Oh, yeah. I love going to no Ben Wheeler. No hotel. No hotel in Ben Wheeler. But well, people I'm, still come to Ben know, Wheeler. It's funny you say that. I don't know who planned out the hotel and van, but I've never been prouder of a hotel in my life. Oh, my. If you want to talk about like our, our sports people doing tournaments, and you know, if we want to have events, that hotel, that hotel is gold. It is. And I mean, it, it, in the past, it's been, hey, we got Van in and no criticism of the people that run Van in because I've seen them help Van out when they need it. Absolutely. But that hotel is another level. Nope, it is. And I've had friends recently that has stayed in that hotel and it's 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 something you would get in Dallas. I'm very proud of it. No, it, not only am I proud of it just because we have it here in Van, but that's an enabler. Like when we talk about these tournaments and the, you know these big crazy things that we want to do here in Van. Oh yeah. Do, do you want to know what the what the only better thing is than when local people spend money here in town? What? When outside people <laughs> spend money here in town. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But speaking of that, let's let's we, you talked about the comprehensive plan. What kind of growth are we looking at in Van? Are we are we and, and I brought this up to a couple of people. Are, are we planning on building? Out all along 20, are we bringing more more housing in the van? Are we yes. bringing business in the van? Are we going to zone van where we got like an industrial zone where you bring in these businesses that Absolutely. are creating jobs? I mean, because the number one employer in van is Van ISD. Yes. And I am a Don Dunn diehard fan. That I, honestly, you could that man could make a mistake and I would I would argue with you for a day and say it wasn't a mistake until you proved it because he's done so much right. He has. Uh, I won't. I won't get into anything that has to do with the Van ISD. My platform has a lot to do with bringing the students yeah. to the Van ISD mm-hmm. and involving them civically into what's going on here. Yeah. And I need Don Dunn on my side. Don Dunn's a great guy. And I have a feeling Don Dunn. Every time I mention that, yeah, I have a feeling the hair stands up on the back of his neck. Well, because typically, previously, the city and Van ISD is probably not. Well, they've not gotten along in certain areas, but I will. T- I, I I know this, and then I don't know how the city's dealing with this. And, and but I do know that the city is behind Van ISD. Oh, absolutely, and the ISD is behind the city. The 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 innovation that the school has and the things they do for their students is above what we've done in this town for that age bracket. Like for example. Still to this day, there's nothing to do for teenagers in van. We got a new park. There's a place out there you can play disc golf and you can probably go fishing. Outside of that, there's nothing. There's no basketball courts outside of the school. Nope. There's nothing in van right now besides those two things that kids can go do. And so somebody mentioned to me that they, the city council one time went to the school and they said, Hey, give us a list. Of what y'all would want in van. And the kids that are here that are now grown had says that none of those things have happened to van. No. And this one of the things that I because this whole thing started me doing this behind the pool. Everybody that's listening to these podcasts knows that I wanted to know if we were getting a pool back. But somebody mentioned that, you know what, we might not get a pool right now, but one thing that they feel we need 
is some basketball courts. And it just hit me so hard because anytime I go to a basketball court in Van, it's on school property. Yep. And so, you're not supposed to be. So I want to tell you something. Yeah. Uh, we, we talk about all these things and we, we're like, oh, man, you know, it's taxpayer dollars. It's, you know, the city has to do this. city has to do that. city should do this. city should do that. Um, we're talking about two different things, a rec center and a senior center, yeah. which could be one of the same. And there's a private citizen, Sean Sager. Yeah. Actually came up with a plan to do it privately. Okay. Uh, not necessarily privately, but for the city to do it, but make it not necessarily profitable, but it would be a break even deal. Yeah. Like when we talk about, you know, for instance, the pool was filled in because they couldn't afford to keep it going. Okay. It was, it was a money pit, supposedly. Yes. Before my time. Well, when we talk about running these centers, like a youth center and a senior center, we need to, the city needs to sit down and start looking at these things outside the box and start yeah. looking at different business models on how to run them. And Sean Sage actually put it together on how to do that. Okay. Which he was going to present at council at some point. And I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think we deviated from that or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is these things are possible. I mean, Van is growing and we're getting a, a bigger tax base and we're getting more money in. But the fact of the matter is dream big. And you know what? There's a way to do it. How would you like to see the housing in Van grow? Because, I mean, we have to grow. We need right. rooftops. Yeah, we yeah. do. So we need rooftops. But above and beyond that, when we when we look at what's funding Van, I mean, people people can make all the remarks they want to about Two loves truck stops back to back up there. Yeah. That's money. Yeah. That's huge money. So is that is that a major percentage of the money that goes into what funds the city? It's the majority of the is money. Is it the majority? Because we're adding a third one. Yeah. And that's more majority. Okay. That's a huge, huge deal. And so the way the master plan is set up is the big business will... Van is going for the village feel. I'm sure Mark probably went through this on his part of it uh, a little bit but yeah so van is going for the village feel uh the downtown will they're not going to change a bunch of things downtown or yeah in van we've never had any foot traffic in van well so there will be some foot traffic probably uh, as we build more rooftops there will be more connectors that are foot related and this and that yeah we're building for a younger generation let's hope so yeah well smaller houses uh this and that it's it's actually quite unique how it's set out but the thing is without the master plan or without these building ordinances in place i mean there's nothing stopping uh, say a gas station from being built right in the middle of your like, like right here yes you know or say a hotel or okay. a slaughter plant so there's nothing stopping it but why not is it something we don't want to stop or is it is it well it needs to be controlled to a certain extent Okay. Is, isn't that the city manager's job or is, is that not his job? Is no, it zoning and planning? It's zoning and planning and zoning yeah. and planning can't do it unless they've got guidelines to plan by. Okay. That's, this is where we got all jacked up trying to figure out how to build a duplex over here. Yeah. Where you would think you'd just be able to build a duplex. No, the people don't want a duplex. The people that own property there were pretty adamant. They're like, is there a rule that says you can build a duplex there? Well, no, there's, there's not. Yeah. So. There's no real says you can't either. 
So is the zone, is the master plan control that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it, it so is the, is the master plan actually acted? Is, is it the the new plan for van or is it something we're still will, looking at? It will be, but also too on that same note, it's fluid. So it's a guideline. It's not necessarily set in stone as far as the zoning part. Okay. There's there are some leeways to it, but what it does is it, it outlines where we want to focus on growth, where we, you know, where certain growth can be like, uh, downtown. Yeah. Not going to build a house downtown. Let's hope not. Oh, well, there already is a house downtown. Yeah, there is. There, there's actually a business that turned into a house. Yes. And, and I, and I, I love her candles. They're very good. And I'm not going to say one word about none of that. But moving forward, to have a true downtown district, I mean, we need to we need to figure out where we want to move to. Yes. So there's a thing called non-conforming, and that's businesses, houses, anything that's already in effect. This is what's got people freaked out. They're like, "Oh, okay. Well, we implement all this stuff. I'm not in compliance. I'm I'm not in compliance. No. So there's a lot of things. And I mean, I can't sit here and list off what's non-conforming, but in a nutshell, if you don't fit into the plan the way it's been outlined or the way it's been set in stone, yeah, you're non-conforming and you're grand grandfathered in, for lack of better terms. Okay. So, but let's let's take that in perspective because there's two things that I see with this new generation. Mm-hmm. One thing is that a lot of them are I don't want to say anti-socials, but they spend a lot of time indoors playing video games. How we correlate that to the future of van? has to be taken into consideration. Well, so statistically, it may seem like to us that they spend a lot of time inside playing video games. Statistically, the the generation that's actually out in the world is not. They're actually, that's why they want a small house. They don't want a yard. They have to keep. Correct. Maybe they're going to their friend's house to play video games. Or they're playing it with a hundred different people all over the world. Yeah, or they're Correct. somewhere else. They're, no, I'm, I'm not really criticizing them because I have three kids that are Big video game guys. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, statistically, from the information we have, I mean, yeah, quote unquote, they're not. They're not wanting to stay at home, which is why smaller homes, less yard work. Yes, this, this, they they want to be cut loose to do whatever. And I, you know, honestly, after living where I live at, I'm kind of coming around to the same thing. Oh, I'm not. I want more. No, I. I want, I want out, <laughs> I want out. We'll, we'll just get like a gypsy caravan and cruise uh, around van. Yeah, I'm with you. I understand it, but no, I want more. It, but the the other side of that is that kids these days are they're looking for something else besides just they're they're, they're given dreams. And all of their heroes, when you look at the guy that start, they built the iPhone, when you look at the guy that built the computers that we're broadcasting this on right now, they all started in one of these. And that's that's the mindset, the garage. And how does that take it into consideration? Because every kid, right now, if you go to Van High School, and I've met like 10 of the students in Van High School, they have their own business. They have their own business where they've got their own website. They're selling stuff right now. And I'm pretty sure they're paying taxes. I know they some two of them that I met has LLCs. That is what our school is teaching these kids, which to me is productive. That's getting them prepared for what's out there. 
But how does that small business mindset correlate to our plan and the master plan? It doesn't. Okay. I'll be, I mean, I'll be upfront about that. I don't, I don't think that that mindset, I mean, maybe that's happening with some of our kids here in the high school. Yeah. But statistically, I mean, we have to go off of what statistics are. I don't, I don't know if that paints a representative picture. Now, on the other side of that, it's a guideline. Yeah. It's not written in stone. Yeah. The ordinances are written in stone, but the actual master plan itself is a guideline that's going to show okay. how we do the growth. Let me ask you this, because it, this is on that same trajectory, and this is, this is something personal to me. Canton has a bunch of, to me, down you go down 20, they got a bunch of little buildings that you can start. That they keep adding on to. Incubators. Yeah. To me, they're incubators. They are incubators. And I see those in all kinds of places. Is that something Van's looking at? So I can't speak for Van, but you're this, on the city council. No, I can't speak for people that would come in and do that. Okay. Why, why, why hasn't somebody already come in and done that? Yeah. That's my question. Yeah. Is there, is there a space to do that? Absolutely. Okay. Why has would, would that, so, so why hasn't somebody already done it? Would that go against the, uh, the master plan? That, that's what's important to me because I, I'm all about need and nothing. And nothing goes against the master plan. This is this is the important part. Nothing goes against the master plan. The master plan just shows where to put it. Okay. All of everything that you could possibly ever dream will probably be included. Okay. Master plan just shows where to put it. Are we annexing more land with a master plan? We undoubtedly will. I mean, that's just part of our growth event. Exactly. So, are we right now? No. Which which way are we going to grow? That was always been my question. And I'm not saying because I want to be, pull some Nancy Pelosi and go out there and buy some land and reap the rewards off of it. But obviously on the I-20 corridor. Yeah. I, I've sat here and I've looked at Van and I put my drone in the air and I've yeah. looked around Van and I've looked at Google and I thought, you know, so what is this place going to be like in 50 years from my boys? It's not, it's not a crystal ball, but you oh, can, no. but, but you, you can extrapolate. What's, yeah. what's already happened. So I-20 is going, the I-20 corridor, obviously, if you've got land plus or minus this many acres or feet on yeah. this side of I-20, obviously that's going to be a hot zone. Now, all the corridors coming into van, like if you've got land on, say, 314 or yeah. 110 or 16, yeah, I mean, at some point, yeah, that land's, that land's going to be something. I mean, somebody's going to do something with it. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I bought this so the school would buy it for me one day. Well, I bought we bought our property, uh, number one, I kind of wanted a place in the country, in the city. Yeah, that definitely but, it. But we knew at some point somebody would want to come in and develop that into a subdivision. Well, I don't want a subdivision, but if I ever win the lottery, I want to come build a big-ass castle right there. I want to live in it with you. Well, you know, if you build it big enough, I can. it can be a hotel. As, we, as long as you uh, supply it with mead? Well, there's always going to be mead. Okay. Always going to be mead. So let's let's get on that. Where do you see Van going? I see Van being uh, extremely prosperous. This this whole growth spurt that we're going through right now, we're on the we're on the front end. Yeah, we're not even in the middle of it. Yet. I don't feel like that either. No, and that's why I am so thankful that and it's not me; it's the entire council. Yeah, this city council had the foresight to push forward with the master plan that's going to outline some stuff. Van is going to be a superpower. And the I reason, feel like it. No, I know they are. Yeah. And you know why? Why? 
because we had the the foresight to figure out that hey, we're this is going to be happening. Let's organize it. Let's set it up. And city council right now is very forward thinking. Yeah, uh, they're innovators. Mm-hmm. They're they're all about doing what's going to be good for this town, regardless of what that might be. If it's good, we want to do it. Yeah. And I can't speak on behalf of previous city councils. I mean, I think I think that they did what they could, but I can speak for this city council. The city council is all about driving van into good. Yeah. Huh. So so when you ask about where van's going to be in the future, uh, it's going to be in an awesome place. Yeah. With, is- a, with a controlled growth that still keeps a village feel, but is raking in money from the business. Is that what is that what you're running on? Is that what I'm running on? Yeah. What are you running on? No, I'm running on getting people involved and getting the students involved. the The growth of Van is not something that anybody should be running on. Okay. What they should be running on is how they're going to capitalize on. Okay. I get and, it. And I do believe that this present city council, all mm-hmm. of them, I won't give credit to any one city particular. council. Yeah. No, it's team effort. Everybody should be thankful that this city council and city management and city employees and everybody else got together and figured out, Hey, this is going to be happening. Let's, let's figure out how to make it work. So the biggest bang for your buck, like we do pay a lot of taxes. We do. You pay a lot of city taxes. Yes. I pay a lot. I pay a lot of city taxes on my chunk of property. Mm -hmm. That counts, but that doesn't even come close to counting in what comes in from these businesses. The revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So sales tax from the businesses, that's where it's at. So when we start talking about, you know, developing I-20 or as one of my platform items is uh, giving the businesses here in Van, regardless whether you're a city dweller or not, I don't yeah. care. If you're a business here in Van, you need to have a say in what's going on in civics. How does that work, though? Well, so it, it, does it work in any other town? Does any other town have a system where if you don't live in the city limits and you own a business, you have a say? There's nothing written in stone, but there are other places. Lufkin has, from what I understand, some kind of an association or some kind of a business. Now, here in Van, we have the Chamber. Yes, we do. Chamber of Commerce. And I think the Chamber could actually kind of double as that, but kind of not. Because I'm not disagreeing with it. Because I know for take take Amanda for example, isn't Amanda moving outside the city limits pretty soon? She bought land and yes. stuff like that. Okay, yeah. so any and me included, I live in the city limits. I live in the city limits mainly because I have fiber internet and I'm allowed to do all the stuff that I do at work from my home when I need to. But I want to move outside the city limits. But the moment I cross that city limit so, yeah, zone, no, you, you can't. I, I am not allowed to vote. So the ideal of having business owners in van being able to understand that they have a contribution and a say in how van grows to me is is a plus. I don't know how it works and I don't know where other cities have tried this. So, so uh, there's nothing written in stone. There's no blueprint. I, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm uh, forging a new trail on this, but I, as far as my plan goes, I don't think anybody has a plan like this. Okay. What it would be is it would take every business in van, they would get together, they would form a committee of sorts. They would appoint seven people to this committee. I think we need more committees, well, honestly. This 
this would be one committee. Now, what would make this different from any other committee, the, the biggest problem with having a committee is how do you get them to meet? How do you get them to be productive? How do you get people incentivized to take part and to be part of it? Okay, so number one, businesses already don't have a say in anything that goes on civically. Correct. Okay? So that's an incentive all, all onto itself. Number two, uh, by putting these people into a group, you can't just throw them all in there and be like, okay, well, let's come up with some ideas and things we want to take to city council. I'm talking about events. Uh, instead of having meetings, there would be like events. Yeah. All the businesses get together. Your employees get together. This is just another step in getting people involved here in Van. And I'm not just talking about residents. I'm yeah. talking about everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody needs to have a little bit of a say, but if we can have some kind of an event where monthly, where the businesses get together, uh, have something, talk about what's going on, and have an open meeting. Yeah. Take that information, come up with a goal, and then present it to city council and be like, hey, this is what we want to see. We're doing pretty good with our infrastructure, if, I, if I'm right. We're starting to upgrade all of our infrastructure, especially since the tornado, right? We are just now stepping out of the hole. Mm -hmm. uh, our city manager has done a crazy good job of... You know, figuring out how to get us out of the negative. Yeah. So we're just now like, let, let me tell you, if I really wanted to win an election, what I do is I just tell you, hey, we're going to pave your street out here. <laughs> Clyde, I'm going to pave your street and I'm going to make it to where your water is perfect. Well, my street's fine. And then that's the whole thing with the water. I, the, when, <clears throat> excuse me, when the water goes bad, it, drives me insane because people get on Facebook and they bitch and they moan. And to me, I'm watching these guys get out there and get muddy and nasty and they're busting their butts. There, there is nobody that works harder than these city employees. And when when the water goes bad for one reason or another, yeah. they feel personally responsible for it. And nobody gives them credit. That's my problem. When you get you a little June bug. Nope. So if you're to ask anybody, you know, the names of any employees does anybody even know who works for? I used to. Yeah. So I used to know Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was well, the best city employee that I ever met. He was. He was. He's no, I mean, he's retired. Now. He's, and, and to me, if, if anyone ever lets Mark leave town for any reason, they've, they, they better pay him off and get him to move back because that man knows more about where everything in this he town does. is than anyone that's ever lived. So it'll be very important moving forward. That, uh, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a quandary. I, but, I don't, I don't know if people ever be happy with anything. Even they, they they won't, but I mean, me sitting out on the sideline, we're growing, we're, we're upgrading our infrastructure. We're, we're smart enough to know when we put a new street down, don't put the damn pops back in the center of the street. If you can help it, you, you understand that you got to put on the easement. I mean, it, Everything takes place, but I didn't know about a master plan till I started this. And, and to me, just having, I know, I know some people out there are going to hear fans has a master plan. They're going to do all this stuff to van that we have no control over. But to me, sitting back and, and looking at van and saying van actually has a plan. Like we actually know what the fuck we're going to do. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that trumps everything to me. That does to me. It, it I mean, there might be some change. For prime example, it's a little example. It's a prime example. 
during COVID. Kids are at home. The wife said, this ain't fist to happen. You kids ain't finna sit there and play video games all day. She went and got chickens. Now, we already had the bees. She went and planted a garden. She put them kids to work. Now, Van has an ordinance, supposedly, that you can't have roosters in your yard. When you go and you buy chickens from, uh, I the, don't know. The new, the new ordinance is worded different. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind not having roosters in your yard. I, I get it. Okay. But, I, think you, I think you can have roosters in your yard, but they have to be so many feet away from the neighbors. But at that point in time, that was what I was told. That is the current ordinance. Right I now. took, I went, and when you go buy them chickens at uh, Tractor Supply, you don't know what they're going to be unless you're a chicken whisperer. Now, don't get me wrong. My wife was a chicken whisperer, and she was able to flip them over and tell me what they were going to be. But all of a sudden, we had four roosters, no, two roosters in the backyard. I wasn't trying to break an ordinance in van, and I got rid of the roosters as soon as I could because I didn't want well, roosters. My question is, is, I mean, why were you not a chicken whisperer? Because my wife, well, I'm I guess a, I guess when something's done for you, I mean, you just, you don't jump in there and figure it out. It, it's not that. I'm going to be 100% understanding in the sense that I know my limitations and my wife is very <laughs> much more attention to detail than I am. Anything we've ever started, my wife has already spent double the time researching it, understanding it than I have. And then I just honestly, I'm a bear in the China closet and I roll through it all and try to make it this whole no, thing right Clyde, here. Say, say this, whole, so. this whole thing with a podcast. Say it ain't so. This was me on a whim. And the wife has told me repeatedly what I should do in this sense and what I should do in that sense. No, and it's so. it's worked out. Sarah's Sarah's pretty cool. Oh man, she's exceptional. But I mean, we've went a lot of a long way in this, and you've got a lot of what you want to get out about the town, I think. But do you tell me what your main points are that you want to get out for this election? So the main thing is I want people involved. Um, I'm not asking for votes. Yeah. Uh, the only reason that, it, that it, it, it even says elect or vote Ryan Hansen on my sign is because it's a Texas Ethics Commission deal. Yeah. Um, I am not ever going to ask you for a vote. That's not, that's not how I operate. It's not, not what I do. What I will do is I will give you all the information about me. If you want to know anything about me, all you need to do is ask. You can go to my Facebook page or there's some stuff that's going to be coming out in the newspaper uh, this Sunday. And this podcast is going to be up and we, we talk a lot about you and that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, I'm not that person. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been proud and humbled to represent people for the last two years, but I'm not asking for you to vote for me. What I am asking you to do is to get all the information about all the candidates, uh, I'm running against or with Ernie Burns, yeah. depending depending on how you're looking at it. Um, I urge you to get all the information about Ernie Burns. I urge you to get all the information about me that you can possibly get your hands on. Go talk to neighbors. Go go do whatever and vote your heart. And whichever person put out the most amount of information, that's, that's what you need to do. Uh, you need to be involved, though. If, if you're not registered to vote, I'm, I'm not even talking to you. Shame on you. Because I just heard that uh, there's only like 200 people that actually makes this election happen. In the last election, there was a little over 200 people that uh, showed up to vote. And when when you have a town of 2,600 plus and you've got all of this monumental stuff that's about to happen. I mean, we're not talking like like your typical stuff that happens in Van. Van is growing 
Van is going through a big thing right now. So are we getting a Walmart? No comment. What? No. Man, that's not good. <laughs> oh man. So no, yeah. No, not not to the best of my knowledge. Good. I don't, I don't believe we're getting I don't think we need a Walmart. I think we can grow without a Walmart. Well, so this is what's this is why it's important to get involved. If you don't think that you need a Walmart, you probably need to get a hold of somebody and say, Hey, you know what? I don't think we need a Walmart. You know who that person is that you need to get a hold of? That needs to be your city council. But, you know, talking about that, when I started this whole podcast thing, my whole thing was I want my pool back because I didn't learn to swim in that pool. But everybody I talked to this, my generation, they learned to swim in that pool. Yeah. So. You asked me about. But they uh, changed my mind. Y'all changed my mind about the pool. No, not me. Well, not you. But I mean, this conversation, listening to the, the back and forth about the pool. I don't think we need a pool right now. I think there's other things we need in van no. before a pool. Oh no, that's that's not that's not right. Okay, that's not. I, I do believe I do believe that we can have a pool, but I think that we do need to think outside the box on traditional funding and how we do that. Yeah, I think we really need to sit down and have a a serious look. I mean, we're we're locked into this box on how we operate and how we fund things. Okay, we, you know, we get money from here, we get money from there. If we get more people involved in van, the city and the, the residents can work together. There's such a thing as privately funded along with city funding. Okay. And it can be done. So just, what do you mean by that though? Explain just just like the just like the rec center. Like for instance, the the thing that Sean Sage outlined. Yeah. Um, very outside the box. Okay. And when you look at it, you're like, man, that's cool. It could work. Yeah. But can Will the laws amongst, will the city laws let that work? Okay. That's, that's the toss up. Now, now I can tell you this, there's only, there's only a certain amount of people that can change those rules. Yeah. That's us. And that's based upon your input. So the, the, the basis for what you're saying is, is a privately funded city entity. Is that what you're talking about? Not necessarily, but the, the city could actually take that same model and do it themselves. Okay. Like they could, they could do something for. Private. I'm not understanding the model. Well, you would have to see it laid out on paper. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm but not, for, but for like a pool. Yeah, for a pool, you can do a pool for profit. Okay. The city could do anything for profit. Is that what Grand Saline does? No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't believe that Grand Saline pool. I think they take a pretty massive loss. Of okay. What I understand. Well, and th that so, was so civically, cities don't operate to make. A money. profit off That's of things right. like that. They yeah. don't because they're taxpayer funded. That's right. But this is the gray area. There, there is room for a city as long as they're not investing the money. Okay. See what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. As long as they're not investing the money, but if they can, if they can take that money, the taxpayer money, and figure out how to make money with it, this is something I've talked about with concerts, with everything else. Yeah. There's no reason why the city can't make money on some of these. Things and that goes with the pool, that goes with the rec center, that goes that goes with everything. So let's go back to that. So I, I get what this, you're this saying. Is, this is a huge thing if you wrap your mind around. When you did when you did the Van Mardi Gras, was there a entry fee to get in? No. So I'll tell you this: Van de Gras was completely done by the city. Yeah. Okay. City city paid for everything, but 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 it was zero cost to the city. Okay. That whole thing was sponsored by outside people. We did the impossible. 
yeah, people yeah, are yeah. like, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. I get it. We're like, well, we don't, we don't care what is, you think. Is that the type of thing you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. I get yeah, it. It's the same. It's not exactly the same model, but the city was at zero funds. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Zero. Now there's a bunch of businesses in van that put up a bunch of money. To make yeah. That happen. Every business in van, anybody that had a banner and even people outside of van, we got, uh, all-star Ford put in a pile okay. of money. Isn't that what the baseball park has done a lot of times when you put the banners outside on the. Yeah. Uh, but on a much smaller scale. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not saying that that same model works for the pool or for the rec center. Oh, I get, I know, but I get the concept. I get what you're trying to trying to say. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. It does make sense. And that, and, and I want to say I've seen that with other towns. Yes. And, and that's something. And that's, that's one thing when I did talk to Mark, Mark mentioned about how the comprehensive plan went to different towns and they looked and they said, look, this little piece is perfect for van and that, and there, there's nothing wrong. Anybody that says, look, just because Grassling does it, we're not damn doing it. And so, I'm not a Grassling fan, but I'm, I don't believe like that. I will tell you this. Uh, Mark is, I've, I've done all my markups and all my revisions on both parts of the plan, there's nobody that's more up on the plan than Mark Thompson. Yeah, he seems good. No. <laughs> he definitely seems good. If, if you want to know what's going on with the master plan or any of that, I mean, I can answer your questions, but honestly, if I can't, I'm going, I'm going to talk to two people, Scott Winton and Mark Thompson. Yeah. They, Mark Thompson has done a crazy amazing job of deciphering, well, Mark and his wife, Lori. I don't know Lori, but every time I've met Mark, he had a coffee in his hand for me. So I'm super excited because I'm a big coffee drinker. Well, Lori, most times when you meet Mark, Lori's with them. They're kind of close family people, I think. But uh, no, they they have been been through that plan um, with a fine tooth comb. And I kind of have, but not to the extent. That yeah, Mark Thompson not has. to the extent, Mark. So city council. We're. Because I didn't know this when it started out. I, I thought y'all still had city council meetings down at the uh, movie theater. No. Which to me has always been the park store. But it's moved to the new, the library. Yes. That's where city hall is. And that's where voting is will be? Yes. On uh, May 7th. May 7th. And early voting starts this weekend or next weekend? Starts on Monday. Monday. Uh, April 25th. Okay. Honestly, me and you can go for hours talking about all this uh, stuff. We- we could. I'm starting to see uh, you and I could carry on for yeah. days. So, so tell me something you want to get out before okay, we wrap the, this the, up. The one thing the one thing I want to get out, I want to be real careful about how I refer to the city and their communications and this and that. But I do want to say this. The city can do a far better job of communicating with its residents. And a huge part of what I want to do, and I touched on it earlier, but it's when you ask about my big thing that I want to do. Yeah. I want to bring the students from Van ISD into the city civically as a shadow student body, so to speak, that would follow us along. But we would have a couple differences. We would have some extra people. We would have a media director. Yeah. That was part of that body. We would have communications director Mm -hmm. that was part of that body. And these people would take care of all the city communications. Now I'm not saying that we're looking for a freebie from the school. What we're looking to do is to number one, involve students in something 
that they really need to be involved in. But number two, uh, it's it's a boom. It, it's a huge deal for everybody involved. Yeah, I get it. Getting getting the students involved is always a good thing. Well, you want to know why we have a low voter turnout? Why? Because nobody was ever involved to begin with. Yeah. I mean, they just weren't. Yeah. It's never been a big thing. Get get these kids involved. I yeah. mean, show them what's going on. Give them some responsibility. I mean, I'm not saying that they need to run the city by any means or anything yeah, else that's like not that. What I'm talking about. But when you look at what the kids put out, Van ISD, their programs are amazing. They're super amazing. Yeah, and they're yeah. they have the tools, they have the technology. I want to I want to give them the responsibility. Okay. But I'm not just talking older kids. I'm talking younger kids too. I mean, there's there's a million things that we can do, and I don't want. I'm not talking in a, a indoctrination program. Yeah, I kids, got you. You know, politically politicizing kids into the city of Van. I'm just talking about things where kids can really have a say in what goes in goes on in the city. And imagine when they when it comes time for them to actually vote and be like, you know, people that are decision makers yeah. in the city. They're already there. Well, you know what? What I have noticed is that a lot of people that move away from Van, they're especially when they grow up. I mean, I have recently happened with one of my kids. He moved away because Van was Van. Yeah, no change. He's back, and the reason he's back is because you you come back and you see. Well, you know what? You you might feel like Van is just like closed minded and closed off, but when you get to these other places, you realize Van's really got something going on. Well, Van has the capacity to at least listen. Yes. And so you can say whatever you want to about Van. I am positive proof. Me, here, sitting in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to be this name. You got to be rooted in Van, blah, blah, blah. No, not true. All you got to do is get involved. Yep. And they will listen. Yeah, definitely. I'm not saying they're listening to me, but (laughs) yeah, they'll listen. But getting, getting people involved. I don't, it is not my goal to get you to vote for me. And it's not my goal to come up with these programs and stuff that I need to be doing for city council. It's up, it's up to the people. Yeah. And I need them involved. I need them to contact me and say, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want you to show up at meetings. Yeah. And, and you're it. on, you're on all the platforms. I and, am. Uh, Tim for. I am the easiest person to contact and yeah. I'm accessible. I don't see you in Brookshire's much though. So. You just there. You just aren't there all the time. That's when I see people. I see people every time I walk in Brookshire, there's somebody I haven't seen in a while. And it's like, hey, what's going on? But all right, anything else? Anything else you want to get out before we end this up? Because you did a great job. No, man. I just I want to tell you thank you for uh, not just having me on here, but for having everybody on here. It's it's it turned into something I felt like I needed to do. Yeah. So that's kind of that's a big deal to me. It's not about what I have to tell the people. Yeah. It's important that the people have everything. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, honestly, me and you could sit here and talk about science and technology for hours, which is what this podcast is about. I took a little hiatus on the podcast for this in particular. But you, Mark, like five people, and including Melissa and everybody. Me and Melissa, when we got off this air. How long, we, we, how long we been on here? Uh, looks like about an hour and a half. Oh, man. Yeah. We it's, about warm up. Yeah, but no, no. Look, my podcast is normally three hours. I normally sit here, and you don't realize it's three hours till we get done. You're, wow. I say, hey, look, we're done, and they're like, what? You just did three hours? 
But me and Melissa sit here and we talked about lasers and everything else for her businesses for at least an hour after we got done. Wow. I mean, y'all are, that's the cool thing that I can say about everyone that has come in here and done a podcast is y'all are bringing something to the table for our city council. And I appreciate it. I do want to say one thing about all the uh, candidates that are running in place for. I did have the opportunity to go to a, a block party meet and greet. And it was the most interesting intuitive thing i think i've ever been a part of yeah i watched four candidates talk about four completely different things and completely equal yeah and not one of them said one thing about the other person yeah i'm like saying there that. is no there is no there is zero mudslinging there is zero anything and i'll tell you what i know if i would have been in that crowd i'd be like wow yeah this uh, this podcast has been a good job on because I wanted everybody to come on here and tell me about you and it's and everyone's done that and they've done a good job including you of telling your story and and no when you come on here you that's not what you're expecting even yeah. you said that a couple times it's not we're, we're this, yeah I thought we we're doing politics no 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 and and that's not what this is about because everybody knows the politics you can go to a city councilman and find the politics but right before you make your vote like if you're already voting Monday. I want these people to know who you are and why, where you come from, because a lot of people don't know who you are and where you come from, but they're fisting to vote for you or not vote for you based off of that. And I no, appreciate you coming on. It's good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, Claude Hayes out, yo.